It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. Hello, Jim. So, with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Okay, this week on the podcast... We talk about three films. Yes, three. We saw in cinemas. A couple of streaming flicks. Open Rage. What? No Merman Minute. That's right. Mer is on COVID relief vacation. Then we do the lists. Rage or Dare. Then we lace up our shoes and start training for Black Friday shopping. Hashtag finger clicking or hashtag mall walking. Huh. Yeah. Now... Let's groove a bit here. What did we see in theaters? Something. Well, Jim, we saw Mank. 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 Mank is a snap. Mank. <laughs> Mank is a snapshot of Herman J. Mankovich's life during the period he was writing Citizen Kane for Orson Welles. It is a character study of a very flawed man whose many vices had a tendency to sabotage his own happiness. It is expertly played by Gary Oldman. The film is meant to feel like it was found in a time capsule filmed in black and white, complete with little circles in the corners of the frame to cue its time for a real change. Mm. I feel as though this film was made for me (laughs) shot in black and white extended walking scenes dry humor fine acting attention to detail these are all things that resonate with me oldman's portrayal of mank is something i could watch all day long every scene was like a dream flowing into the next i was literally smiling throughout the entire film it seemed to show hollywood as it was both glorifying i'm sorry as it was both glorifying and Not some so in some aspects and condemning others with kind of one broad stroke. Yep. It was doing all that. It was. So by the end, you're not sure whether you just watched a film celebrating the golden age of film or did you watch a film that uh, just criticized it? I'm not, I guess it did both. Mm, yep. L- little, little from column A, little from column yes, B. Yes, it did. But sometimes a film just takes you on a journey through time and through its tremendous dialogue and fantastic memorable scenes, the sum of its parts make it a masterpiece. This is one of those films. This was Mondo. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that didn't surprise me anything that came out of your mouth. So, Mank. Yep. Mank. 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 It's a period piece. So, right away. It's awesome. It has that going against it. Uh, Pretentious Hollywood period piece focused on the one film by Herman J. Mankiewicz that he was recognized for. Yep. First off, Gary Oldman was brilliant and like Tom Hardy can pretty much meld into any character he puts his mind to. And although I have never seen any actual pictures or videos of Mank, but I feel Gary was him through the entire film. 
homage to the 30s film industry. This film is not going to appeal to everyone, as it is very, very geek-heavy for vintage cinema, with significant historical references that most normal filmgoers, I feel, will not get or not understand. And mm -hmm. <laughs> he's looking at me like, you're not telling me something I don't know. This is a huge story to unpack. And just like the comment from Oldman in respect to Kane and his real life persona, it's not easy to portray in a movie one man's life, but the film does just that of Mank. In a great homage to this interesting and underrated writer, who seem to battle demons we do not truly understand. As I said, most movie-going people will not appreciate this film, but I did. Black and white, Bryce will be happy to hear me say was the only way this film could have been portrayed. Damn straight. And, uh, <laughs> and I hate to also say it, it is a period piece mondo. Nice. Favorite line, well, my good man, that's Hollywood. Yes. By the played Orson Welles about yes, his indeed. being very upset for only winning one award, which technically he didn't really even win. Yeah. I mean, there's probably some debate there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, <clears throat> as I was watching it, there was pieces of this film that I did have some problems with during it. I was just giddy. Yeah, I know and you so would be. So I just be. glazed over those. Yeah. And, and, and I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like there's there's little tiny scenes, but... The good I, is so good, I though. think they're intentional because there's this little... There's times where there's little sort of pratfalls that happens, even with Oldman, yeah. as he's not... It's not... They're not filming him in a film, but he does these campy things that you're just kind of like, okay, like... I get it. It's the 30s. It's pretty much how they act. Mm -hmm. But this isn't the 30s that we're seeing. So there was a couple of things like that that bothered me. But on the whole, Oldman carried this film so well, um, as did our uh, our leading lady in this. Uh, I thought she did a great job. Amanda, Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried. Yeah, yeah, she did it. Like in, in, a, in a role that, you know, I think she was almost born to play. Yeah, she was, she was pretty good. She's got them big cow eyes. Yeah. And that it was like perfect for a 30s yeah. starlet, Starlet, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no, great, great film. Again, I'm warning people, a lot of people will not necessarily love this film. It is very dry at parts. It is longer than two hours. It is black and white. And it's fantastic. And it's very geeky. But what I do suggest people do, because this yes. is what I did before I saw the film. I mean, I'm familiar with... Citizen Kane and all of the drama that surrounds it. Yep. But I went and read about Manx's life before seeing it, and that actually really filled in some cracks for me. Yeah. Because you know I didn't know the what was going on in politics at that time, and they they cover a great spectrum of stuff with this film. So I, I highly recommend if you're going to see this film that you go and do a little bit of research on Manx first, because then the pieces will fall a little bit better together for you, as opposed to watching it first. Because all the way through the movie, my wife's like, what's happening here? I don't understand why this is happening. And what's going on with that? Why is this? And I'm like, I'll have to tell you later. <laughs> There's too much going on, really, for me to explain it. But, uh, yeah, that's my suggestion anyway. I had such a good time. Yeah, I did too. I, uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and, okay, 
Yes. If you really want to keep saying that, this, in contrast to Tarantino's last film, is like night and day to me. This was a masterpiece. Tarantino's was not. Yeah, they were different. Yeah. And one was good and one wasn't. Yeah, they're both good. No. In their own way. No, they weren't. Okay, so Sound of Metal. Yes. And uh, this is, and it's interesting, most of the films that were we saw in theaters are going to be soon released into streaming. Streaming. Yeah, yeah. so um, a heavy metal drummer's life is thrown into free fall when he begins to lose his hearing. Director and writer Darius Marder. Uh, screenplay by Derek, I can't pronounce this, Sia France, maybe? Um, sure. And there's a, there's a few writers in here. So I was a little concerned that's when always, I saw that many writers. That's always a red flag, yeah. Uh, stars Riz Ahmed, uh, Olivia Cook, mm-hmm. and Paul Rock as Joe. Oh, Joe was so good. Joe was the whole movie pretty much. He was brilliant. I wouldn't and go that far, but... It's true. I'm just he was, kidding. <laughs> he was good, though. So again, another film with lots to unpack. Right off the bat, The Sound. And you guys have heard me talk about sound before, but the sound done in this movie was amazing. And the way they brought you in and out of his character and how he's moving through his loss of hearing was done amazing. Pretty much the center of this whole film was the sound. And thank God they nailed it. Had a couple issues while watching this uh, with the relationship between the main character and how he got over it more um i thought about it the more i thought about it i actually thought you know i should sort of think less about the contrast and just let the film affect me the way it was so it's another one of those cases if you go into this uh, this film and you're looking for the flaws you'll find them but if you allow the film if you allow yourself to be immersed in this film you will fully enjoy it acting was stellar the journey of our deaf drummer or sorry, our drummer who is deaf, uh, was a great arc that showcased the, the deaf community in a positive and caring way. The ending to me uh, is what moved this film to the next level for me. It was the perfect, um, and it caused questioning of my heart about this to an unquestionable, perfect moment of silence mondo. Nice. By the way, Paul, it's Paul Ratchie. We're missing an I on his name oh. on our copy here. So Joe was paid by Paul Ratchie, and he did a tremendous job. He did do the tremendous job. All right. Uh, yeah, ditto. Oh, I might say more. <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, Riz Ahmed as Ruben is a force. This performance was perhaps my favorite by a male lead this year. Um, in fact, this whole ensemble cast might be my favorite this year as well. Yeah. Back to Ahmed, though. Uh, through his eyes, he was able to convey so much emotion. His eyes really stole the show for me. They showed confusion and terror as well as compassion and love. This is the sort of performance that should catapult him to the top of any casting list out there. The journey we set upon from the initial loss of hearing completely captured me, and it didn't let me go even long after the credits had passed. The director used sound and the lack of sound to get you into the experience of Ruben as he tries to come to grips with what's happening to him. The denial followed by the acceptance, followed by more denial, followed by self-pity, followed by enlightenment, followed by more denial, and so on, is so humanly presented by director Darius Martyr. This was character development at its best, 
especially for Ruben. Yep. Um, you understood the motivations of our lead. And to a certain extent, you know, most of the people around him. I know you had a one a problem with one of the characters and her motivations. Yeah, but, I did. But yeah, but uh, Ruben is not the same person at the end of this movie as he is at the beginning. He, you know, he's had a life-altering experience and he realizes that means the life he had in many ways has to be left behind so that he can move forward and those that were close to him can also move forward as well. Ruben grows a lot in this film and I'm pretty sure that he's going to be okay. And the fact that I care if he is okay in itself is a compliment to the filmmakers. Yep. I love this movie. It is Mondo. Yeah, I um and and when I say I had problems with it, so I'm I'm very emotionally tied to films where they have hard of hearing and deaf yep. uh, people. Or sorry, I keep saying that. It's the other way around. It's people who are deaf. They're not deaf first, and then they're people. They're yes. actually people who yes. are happen to be deaf. Yeah. So I apologize to anybody who's perhaps listening to this on a TTY. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, because I've spent a lot of time with uh, the community over my lifetime, and you and I had chatted about this. I actually was going to be a, a, a hard of hearing and deaf interpreter, but then I went on a different direction and so uh i have a lot of passion for it so watching the film brought up some of those emotions in me from some of my friends that i've had over the years that that are deaf and so i was more hypocritical about some of the things like even the some of the signs and then some of other things but ultimately you kind of put it really well with the journey of Ruben through this story is done so well that you can't just escape this huge, huge character development film. So yeah. Yeah, The fact that we both gave it Mondo and we definitely looked through it through different eyes uh, just shows you what a good film it was. Yeah. So everybody get out there and watch it. And I think it's going to prime. It's already prime in the States. I think so. It will be prime eventually. I don't know that we know exactly in Canada, but uh, it's uh, Canada. But if you can see it in theaters, do. That may or may not be a, a possibility where you're at. But if you can, go see it in theaters. Yeah. Let's support our cinemas. Uh, but yeah, if, uh, keep an eye out for it on Prime because it's coming. All right. From there, we go to The Last Vermeer. <laughs> so. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting conversation. Well, yeah. So, Maybe? <laughs> this is the story of Han van Meergren, a Dutch artist and dealer who sold valuable paintings to the Nazis, the most valuable of which was a Vermeer man. I'm tripping over my words a lot today. Well, it's an exciting day. It is. It's We've so exciting. We've just been COVID nut kicked. Uh, <laughs> to one of the most powerful... Uh, I'll just repeat what I said. <laughs> yeah, why don't you do that? Uh, why not? So uh, this dude sold some valuable paintings to the Nazis, uh, the most valuable of which was a Vermeer to one of the most powerful leaders in the Nazi party. Party. Hermann Goring. The most fascinating thing about this movie for me was the fact that a stunt pilot turned producer was now directing a feature film. That kind what? Of, that kind of boggles my mind. Not really, actually, after you see the movie. It kind of uh, makes sense. Well, director Dan Freegan makes his debut as a director, and it shows as the film tends to lose its focus from time to time with an uneven tone to the whole project. If you want to make a st- historical drama, then make a historical drama. If you want to make a film about the indictment of art authentic- authentication experts and their impact on the opinions of critics and ultimately the value of art, then make that film. If you want to make a movie about moral implications of misrepresentation, then make, make that, that film. 
If you want to make a straight-ahead historical account of a specific time in history, then make that. I'll make a doc. If you want to make a character study of an interesting historical figure who lied to everyone he met, then make that. If you want to make a film about the brutality of the way people were treated post-war, then make that movie. If you want to make a... <laughs> How many of these is there, by the way? <laughs> if you want to make a comedy, then make a comedy. <laughs> is there any more? No, that's it. Okay. Now, don't... Uh, well, I've got one to add when uh, I go, just uh, so you know. Fair enough. Now, don't get me wrong. You can have these themes overlap somewhat include more than one of them in a film but to try and force them all into the same film causes as I mentioned before a loss of focus overall the film was interesting and well acted I enjoyed Guy Pierce's hair's performance this was probably the best performance by a head of hair this year and do not forget about his eyebrows as they were not about to be upstaged so you're liking the makeup in this not so much the acting but even Pierce's hair could not completely save this film it was okay. It was meh. Okay. So, what was that? What were you saying? If you want to make this film, give me the line that you used. If you want to make, if you want to make this movie, is that what you were saying? If you yeah. Want to make this? If you okay. Want to make so, this. if you want to make the Winnie the Pooh of World War II movies, then make that. This is what it would look like: Captain ah. Joseph Piller as Eeyore, Han von Meegeren as Tigger. Esper Decker as Winnie the Pooh and blah, 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 blah. Made for TV. Dialogue was bland and boring. Guy Pierce was unnatural and annoying through the whole movie. The only thing I liked about Guy Pierce and it was his hair. It was Thank awesome. You. Thank you for bringing that up, by the way. Um, Best everything, performance by a head of hair. And by the head of hair, yeah. I had the hair, like, if this doesn't win the Oscar for Best Hair... I don't know what will. I'm not sure there is one, but there should be. There should be, and it should be this one that wins it. Should be the inaugural winner. Yeah. Uh, everything was formulaic and contrived, including every interaction of the two levels of police. After about 30 minutes in, I didn't really care what happened or where it was going. Then the middle happened, and it wasn't there. <laughs> then the trial happened, and that was okay. Yeah. Dumb final line, like most of the dialogue. Didn't completely hate this made-for-TV feel of a movie. It's a very low fake art movie. Meh. Ah, it was just meh. That was very low. I was annoyed by most of it. Ah, it was like over two hours, and it should have been a nice, clean 70 minutes. Guy Pierce's hair. If they would have just a, had put Guy Pierce's hair. Put it up half a notch. Oh, no. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily... I didn't rage over it because... I really did kind of like the story of of, oh, yeah. of what happened, but that could have been a short. I don't know if it could have been a short. Yeah, it's easily 20 minutes. Really? The story of the Vermeers, and it could have just been the trial. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, dance. sir. That's not it. That's not dancing. That's rocking. I tell you, Murray leaves one week, and I'm just like a monkey on this board. Shit goes fucking wrong. Streaming. Motherfucking streaming. Brass, we've been just streaming. And Murray is where? I think he's at home. Streaming? <laughs> Probably not. I'll do Murray's part. No streaming. <laughs> Football. Football, you bet. All right, sir. Okay, so we got to see a leap of faith. William Friedman.
Friedkin on The Exorcist. Yeah. On Shutter. Shutter. Dum dum. Dum dum. Thank you. I, I can't even say Shutter now without expecting the music in the background. Dum dum. Uh, a lyrical and spiritual cinematic essay on The Exorcist, exploring the depths of William Friedkin's mind, uh, mind's eye, the nuances of his filmmaking process, and the mysteries of faith and fate that have shaped his life and filmography. Directed by Alexandra O. Philippe, and stars, guess who? William Friedkin. William motherfucking Friedkin. And that's all it stars. And that's all it needs to star. Yes. Okay, so think director's commentary, but with the director complete stream of consciousness bringing his every influence uh, over his most iconic and amazing film of all. Mind blown. <laughs> Is Friedkin a narcissist? Hell motherfucking yes. Sure is. Am I glad he was the one who directed this film? Motherfucking right on I am. My second most favorite horror film of all time. He is a god slash Satan to me. How do you come back from making the French connection? Oh, I know. You make The Exorcist. Nice. Oh, and then uh, a documentary interview with one of the most iconic European directors of original film with Fritz Lang, his film after that, motherfucking William Friedkin. <sighs> he then goes on to make three more iconic Mondo films. Then he made a huge and giant rage-filled turd. Oh, William Friedkin. How did you go from Kubrick to Tyler Perry? Why, why, why? It happens. Way more than it should. I know. This doc is so completely satisfying for anyone who loved The Exorcist. So I don't care what anybody else thinks. I love The Exorcist, and I love this doc. Uh, motherfucking William Friedkin is Mondo, and so is this film. We need to talk about a few things, though, because there's been a lot that has been unpacked on William Friedkin while making this movie. In fact, if you go on Shudder, there's a whole other series where they talk about uh, the hauntingness that happened during The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of Exorcist stuff that's on Shutter. You can get your full Exorcist joygasm out yeah. of. So, the, like, for example, and he talks about this in very much of a laissez-faire attitude about this film. His abuse of the actors down that he's downplaying yeah. it. Yeah, well, so, they, they didn't go into. I have a feeling, like from the get go, that was probably one of the stip, stipulations. Is that we're not going to go into detail about this, because um, yeah, the, the abuse at uh, uh, Linda Blair and uh, yeah, and, uh, what's her name? Yeah, that one. Yeah, her. <laughs> um, you know, they they you know they they actually had broken bones and her back was broken. Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah, he he was very abusive so, to his his people. So give yourself a shutter double feature. Watch, you know, leap of faith, and then uh, what, yeah, uh, I don't even remember what, what was that on. Uh, was it, it was the oh, it was uh, they were had the the they were they would like whether it's haunted or on, not. Yeah, unhaunted yeah, yeah. films, right? Yeah, and there's one. I think there's another one on there too. But the other one is Max Va Max von Sydow's age in this film. Do you know yeah. he's younger than me in this film? <laughs> <laughs> this film came out and he looks like he's he, he, he looked the same he for about 40 80, years he looked 80 for 40 years yeah. uh 
And how look good did he look at 80? Right? Like oh. he looked like he was still 40. Exactly. Uh and I just want to say my favorite line from this is Damn it. Damn it. Why, Damn it? Why? Nice. All right, sir. Well, here's what I thought of it. <laughs> I kind of don't care, but I'm still I'm still my having my joygasm over it. Fair enough. I could listen to William Friedkin talk for hours. He is totally enthralling. The fact that this documentary cho- chose to focus on one voice, William Friedkin's, was genius. Why would you want to have any other voice or opinion when you can just let the words of Friedkin watch over you? Great decision by the director. The film explores Friedkin's early attraction to the cinema through through to him being able to make his own movies. Yeah, I love the influences, actually. Yeah. It's funny how you, you when you talked, and actually I love the fact they had the clips from yeah, every single movie. from every one. single movie he was talking about. It touches upon his relationships and filmmaking techniques. It has a hilarious section on how he cho- chooses the music for his films, complete with a story yeah. of how he rejected the score for yeah. The Exorcist from composer L- uh, Lalo Schrift. Yeah. <laughs> like one of the most prominent. Yeah. He's like, no, that's crap. And of course, a majority of the film focuses on The Exorcist and the process of making the classic movie, from the casting to the to fight to have certain parts included and certain parts excluded. Uh, he also talks about how people see hidden meanings in parts of his movie that were never intended. Every story is entertaining from the start to the of this film to the end. This amounts to a 105-minute conversation with William Friedkin, and that is a conversation worth having. This film was Mondo. Hot damn it was. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of want him to now go back and do The French Connection. And then I want <laughs> like yeah. there's so many films yeah, I want. Just have him talk about right, all of them. like his French Connection. Obviously, it's it didn't he win an Oscar for that? Didn't he? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, I mean that was kind of the start of where of where he became like a god in the uh, in the director's chair. And yet, and yet, still, you could have been so perfect if you wouldn't yeah. have made some terrible movies. Yes. Oh God. Still, he's awesome. Okay, well, we saw the Donut King. We did see the Donut King. It is a Cuff Doc special event. Bum bum bum. So yeah, so uh, shout out to Cuff Docs. Um, they are streaming this week. So if you're, I believe it must be geo-blocked. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so if you're in the Alberta, maybe Saskatchewan. I'm maybe. Not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely check out Cuff Docs. There's a lot of stuff to stream on there. Um, unfortunately, they've been uh, checked in the nuts, the, the COVID camp. nuts. Yeah, so they're they're unable to do um, in cinema screenings. However, they are going to show Zappa at the Globe. I want to say the 27th to the 30th, but mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure of that. But check out the Globe website, globe.ca, I believe, or, or globecinema.ca, I think. Something like that. And uh, Or just go to Cuff. Globecinema.ca, yeah. Yep. And, uh, or you can go to uh, the Cuff website, uh, Calgary Underground Film Festival. And uh, check out what is going on, because uh, as I say, I think they're going to have multiple screenings of Zappa, which I know is going to be worth checking out. Yeah, we got to see it. All right, but back to the Donut King, which they they kind of uh, gave us a little sneak preview of of uh, Cuff Docs. We got to s- screen this before uh, for anybody. You could have screened it before the festival even started, but now we're now we're literally into the festival. So uh, as I say, go to Cuff uh, Cuff. Calgary Underground Film Festival. What is their website? CalgaryUndergroundFilm.org. Perfect. 
And uh, yeah, check it out. At any rate, The Donut King, the story of Uncle Ted. The King of Donuts. A Cambodian immigrant who achieves the American dream through donuts. He then uses his success to sponsor other families from Cambodia to chase the American dream for themselves by teaching them ways of the donut business. Unfortunately, he also falls victim to the excess of success. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he loses his donut empire, his self-respect, and his family. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. But this documentary is not all about Uncle Ted. It's also about the countless donut shops run by Cambodian immigrants who have taken down the Dunkin' Donuts of the world through hard work and perseverance. The documentary is a bit of a roller coaster as it goes from despair to inspirational to disgust at one point to redemption, sort of. Sort of. (laughs) It is a look at the pitfalls of success, but also the rewards of hard work. We get to know many families along the journey that shows us why these hardworking Americans are able to have such an impact on their communities. A likable cast of characters makes for a likable movie. This was a very enjoyable meh. Huh. What do you know? Uh, is this movie about donuts or the Camaro Rouge? Little one, both. one is delicious yes. and the other one is deliciously evil. Yes, they are. Yes, that's right. Donuts are evil. That's not. You got it backwards. What? Donuts are evil for my hips. Uh, wink, wink. I saw what you did there. <laughs> history of donuts, history of Cambodia, addiction to gambling. A lot yes, of stuff going on. Gambling is also evil. Bryce. I make short term investments. Yeah, yeah. But the Donut King is a tasty tale. Light and airy, chocolatey, poop donut, high meh. I liked it a lot, but thought. It lost a bit of its connection to the king himself. There's a yeah. whole 25 minutes where the king doesn't exist, and then it's like, the king is back. Yes. And there's like a whole gap that was kinda of the story. Because the king disappeared for a like little completely. Big and just when it was like, what is going on? And then just like Elvis, when he get backed in the building, yes. the king returned. It, you know what? I really did like a lot of this movie. I, I, again, we've said this many times on our podcast. It had too much unfocus. It had too much focus everywhere. It was going all over the it place. It was going all over the place, and it needed someone to rein it in. And there's still questions that I have about the king. Yeah. Right? Like, they kind of said he's living now and living in Cambodia. Well, what is he doing? They didn't well, really tell they us. They said he's living in Cambodia, but the last thing we see him, he's just visiting all the Cambodian donut shops. In, in, <laughs> in yeah, in the U.S. In, in the U.S. So, uh, and right. eating their donuts. Yes. He seemed to be enjoying them. Yeah. I mean... I think this is a piece of American history that is very fascinating, and oh, I would kind of want to see more about that film. Yep. Because there's gaps about the whole Cambodians going, you know, like they talked about the, where they kind of were pushed to after the fall of of Cambodia, right? And yep. and then there's just it's like you, you didn't hear enough about it, and you that's the part of the story I really wanted to know. I I wanted to either know more about the that or I wanted to know more about once they got to America but I didn't get enough of either for, for my liking yeah but I did get to see a lot of creatively made donuts which always gets me excited I know you well that was during that 25 minutes where the <laughs> donut king just disappeared <laughs> like, then all of a sudden you're like cronuts oh, oh, I'm back baby the king is back with his donuts you know yeah. what I'm saying yes ready okay 
Okay. Well, I've had enough donuts for now. Yeah, fair enough. Rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Okay, so it was a really tough call for me, what I'm doing for my rage this week. And it was originally going one direction, but I'm going to save that one for another like the, day. the teen band One Direction? Kind of like that. Like Kind of like One Direction. I don't even know one of their songs. I don't know one of their songs either. But if we did, we'd sing them because, you know, that's just what we do. Backstreets, right? All, all right. right. That's what? not no, it. That's, that's not it. Isn't that new Knobs? The new Hang kids on your tough. <laughs> no, that's not them either. What? No, no. Not. I think they did Hanging Tough. Maybe. Who knows? It's not our. It's not us. So who cares? So okay, I was gonna go in one direction. Don't say it. And I decided to go in a different direction. So my original rage, I won't say what it is, but it has a Christmas concept to it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna save that for another couple weeks. Save it. For but later. what my rage is this week is there's a couple of movies that I really want to see. And they're already playing in the States in multiple locations. Yeah. So my rage this week is Canada. What the fuck? We can't get Hulu here because Hulu has a whole bunch of great stuff. There's things out on iTunes in the U.S. Can't that we can't get access here. Like, what the hell? This is an international. Co- these are international companies that should be. I should be able to get access to them. Why are we being controlled by our government? Why? I don't get it. Mm. The, and, and the thing that spawned this for me, again, because guess which movie I was wanting to watch this week, and yet I could not. Oh, no. Shirley. Oh, Shirley. Yes. yes. It's the only movie we still have to see from Michael Strubel. Yes. So we can see if we can get him on our Strubel. list. So we can see if we can get him on our list. I and I can't see it fucking anywhere. And I went, oh, look, it's on Hulu. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I went through 20 minutes of trying to get access to Hulu through trying to fake IP addresses and steal <laughs> internet stuff from the <laughs> government. And that wouldn't work. And then just I, let me watch it. And then I just tried to change my country. I thought, fine, iTunes. I'm a U.S. citizen. But they went, no, you're not. Get out. Just like that famous movie. Get out. Yeah, it's not like that at all. It's it isn't. It's a totally different situation. It's, well, it's kind of. I felt like I was in a dark space because I couldn't see Shirley. Yeah. But, yeah. So Fair that's enough. my rage. It's a little bit simple, but it's very on point because it made me very, very, very angry that there's so much content in the States that we can't get in Canada, and it makes me sad. And that's it. Hmm. All right. Well, that's a pretty good point, Jim. I think I tend to agree with you. What? You agree with me about something? Yeah. Wait, we agreed about a lot of things this week. Something's going wrong this week. That's my rage, too. What? Okay, let me just back up to the movies we reviewed this week. Yes. We did Mank. We both gave it a Mondo. We did. We did The Sound of Metal. We both gave it a Mondo. We did. We did The Last Vermeer, which we both gave a meh. We did. We did Leap of Faith, which we both gave a Mondo. What's going on? And then we did The Donut King, which we both gave a meh. And now, you just by happenstance also picked the same rage as me? Ditto. What is happening? 
That is not what this podcast is about. No, it's not. It's supposed to be button heads here. Exactly. Well, you never know. There's still more to come on our podcast. Oh, I'm sure we'll disagree. But okay, so now you've got me angry again, reloading my juices. Yes. Even Shudder. Like, we've had discussions with buddies of ours from the States, and they're like, oh, yeah, I got this on Shudder, and I got this on Tubi. And then we can't get any of that stuff up in Canada. Yeah, so then we That's exactly what George sounds like, by the way. That's not at all what George sounds like. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love you, you, buddy, George. Sorry. I don't think you've talked to him quite a while. <laughs> no, I haven't. I hear, like to hear his voice in my dreams. What are you talking and, and that's about? That's what he sounds like? Well, in my dreams, maybe sometimes. Fair enough. When he's drunk. Yeah, no, I've quite often I'll, I'll get excited because I'll see an advertisement for a movie that's on whatever platform. Yeah. I go to the Canadian version of it and it is nowhere to be found. Yeah. It's like, what is, is going this, on? Is this still, okay, I don't get this because I know there's been a lot of talk about our CRTC or whatever the control freaks are in I the government it, of Canada. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been waxed a little bit over the years, but apparently it still exists because we don't get everything yeah, that's like, coming to us. And that, maybe they, they just our servers in Canada aren't big enough to fit in our igloos, so they can't fit all the content that Netflix, Shutter, Prime, that, Tubi. No. We can't take Hulu. Like, why the fuck can't we have Hulu? Why can't we have Hulu? I don't get it. What's wrong with Hulu? Nothing's wrong with Hulu. I mean, we get, uh, oh, don't forget the ever popular shitty Canadian version of HBO. Oh. Where we get half the content that's on HBO HBO and pay twice the price. Is it only twice the price? I don't know. It's at least twice the price. Everything here is twice the price. Yeah. Well, that was a terrible, terrible, terrible. The worst. All right, sir. Rage. Subsiding. Well, well, well. So I have a question for you. It's a very important question. Is it? Did you watch anything from Denise Richards this week to give us a little bit of an update? Oh, yeah. I forgot I was even supposed to do that. (laughs) You have till January 1. I conveniently forgot. I know, right? Uh, No. Did you watch anything by her? No, but I really wanted to see Money Plane, but I didn't see it. I'm I'm still watching Money Plane. Yeah. I I think Money Plane might get her off the list. It might. She Well, it could be. I don't think it's going to be a Mondo. Come on. Never know. <laughs> I think it might be Amondo. Kelsey Grammer's a rage in every movie he's been in. He's been good in comedy sitcoms, but he's never made a movie that's been good. Oh, there must be a good Kelsey Grammer movie. Oh, wait a minute. Are we? Are we? We're I, taking a sidebar here we might to be. see if we're gonna put let's Kelsey just, Grammer yeah, well, we got time. on the doubted list. Let's pull him up. We and got see. nothing but time today. All right, here we go. Kelsey Grammer. Okay, so far everything looks terrible. All right, let's hear him. Okay, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Okay. Last 10, though. Charming the Hearts of Men from 2020. He well, plays a congressman. It sounds excellent, but I have not seen it. Then he's in Our our Girls Money Plane. Yeah, which also sounds excellent. Yeah. Grand Isle. What's Grand Isle? Uh, it seems to star Nick Cage and Kelsey Grammer, which sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And then he's in something called Like Father. 2018 with Kirsten Bell. Sounds like it's going to be terrible. That sounds awful. Yep. <clears throat> then he's in Seven Guardians of the Tomb. What? Which sounds like a made-for-TV movie. 
No, but it's on Tubi. We can also watch that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Depending on whether our rage is 100% accurate yep. this week. Uh, and keep having to go Neighbors 2, which was a rage. Neighbors <laughs> <laughs> 2. By, by, baby, baby, baby. The name is perfect. Uh, if I was going to make a movie, it would be Baby, 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 uh, which I'm pretty sure is going to be a rage. Maybe. Yeah, we might have to start. <laughs> I think Kelsey Grammer might. If if we get it you to know a what? rage. Let's get through Denise Richards And first. then, oh, did you know he was in Expendables 3? Because didn't you have to see that? I did. That was, that, I can confirm that was oh, a rage. Oh, wait. And before that, he was Transformers Age of Extinction. Yeah, but those got to be more neat back now. No, this is like he hasn't made that many movies. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, we're going to have to take this one offline because Kelsey Grammer could be on our doubted list. Okay. We'll, there's we'll, a lot of there's a lot of hope that he will make it. We'll talk. Yeah, I'm writing his name down in pen, not pencil. Kelsey Grammer. It's in pen. He is a candidate. Yep. For the doubted. Yep. But let's talk about somebody I really wanted to talk about this week. All right. Which isn't Kelsey Grammer, unfortunately. Is it Ted Danson? No, but let's put him on the list too. He <laughs> makes some pretty bad movies. Can't, there we go. Yeah, it absolutely can't put Woody Harrelson on. No, Woody Harrelson's made too many mondos. George Went, John uh, Ratzenberger. They're both not really in movies so much They've as voices. Movie. They were both in House and House Two. Do the whole two. Cheers. No, oh, there you go. <laughs> they're halfway there. <laughs> those two are. Those four movies are rage. I'm going to bring forward. Yes. Somebody that we should have brought forward a while ago. Um. But no, I'm not doing this one. I'm going to do Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Yeah. Formerly Robin Wright Penn. Yes, the very same. And before that, she was Robin Wright. That's right. And now she's Robin Wright again. Yeah. Robin Wright. Then she was Robin Wright Penn. And now she's Robin Wright. I wish she'd just stick to a name. Keep it. Yeah. This one could be a pretty good chance. Is she undoubted? Undoubted, not doubted. She's un- she's, oh, she's going up for she's, undoubted. She's great. But I'm- 2011. All right. Rampart, which was a Mondo. That was a Mondo. Uh, 2011. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mondo. I thought it was a Mondo. Even the English version was yeah. a Mondo. Uh, it wasn't uh, as good as, yeah, but it was still Mondo. Yeah. Adore, which was a Mondo. Adore. You don't remember it? I'm pulling it up for you to have everything you need. I'm sure you've seen it. It's 2013. It starts Naomi Watts, Robin Wright, Xavier Samuel. Uh, it is oh. Anne Fontaine is yeah, the yeah, director. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Mondo. Yep. Um, where was I? Uh, the Congress, which for me was a meh. Meh. Uh, a Most Wanted Man, which was a Mondo. Oh, for me. Mondo. Everest, which I had as a meh. You, we might have these reversed. I also have Everest as a meh. This could be the breaker because I thought Wonder Woman was a Mondo. <sighs> so if you give Wonder Woman a meh, I'm sorry, Robin Wright. You may have to go back to Sean Penn to uh, get a Mondo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Come on. Wonder Woman was great. She kicked ass. Yeah, that doesn't do as much for me as it does for you. Yeah, but she was pretty sexy through the whole movie. And it was a pretty good plot. Mm, Do you need to watch it again to make sure? Maybe I do, because... Because now you really want Robin Wright on on the the list. list. 
Okay, well, maybe I'm you have to go, watch either. Everest was de is definitely not yeah, a Mondo. No, There's no a, challenge. It's not a Mondo. It's math. But yeah. uh, I will watch Wonder Woman again. What else is on the list, though? And then right after that is also a Mondo. Is Blade Runner 2049, which yeah, it's we already know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. I, okay, I'm going to rewatch Wonder Woman. Or Everest. Maybe you'll like Everest this time. Nah, you love it. I'm not watching Everest. Okay. Either. Right. Robin Wright so is. If, if Wonder Woman is Mondo. Robin Wright. Robin Wright is, is undoubted. undoubted. But if it. I come back with a meh. Bye-bye, baby. Sorry. Sorry. You're a, then you're a meh and a mondo on your way to eight, six more films. There you go. <laughs> Which is probably giving it a good chance. Yeah. All right. And I got a mesmerized for us. Lay it on me. I'm going to say yeah. Ellen Bernstein. Okay. Better, better known as Ellen Bernstein. But yeah, Bernstein. <laughs> thank you. Why did I say? Yeah, Bernstein. Bernstein. Yeah, she's not. I don't no, know if she's Jewish. I don't but think so. Ellen Bernstein. Yeah, that's what I meant. I know. All right, mesmerized, eh? Yep. Yeah, I can buy that. Ah, a boy. Ah, a boy. And yes, I'm also gonna put one more that you oh, more. that you're sad because I know you were wishing that. They were actually undoubted, but I went through his list and he didn't make it. Okay. And that's John Carroll Lynch. Mm, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Perfect. Wow, this has been a good week. And I'm going to be spending a lot of time watching uh, Denise Richards and Kelsey Grammer movies. <laughs> Well, maybe after this weekend. So. Yeah, exactly. We'll be busy watching. A lot of docs. Yes. yes. Cuff docs is where it's at. Ah, it was a good list moment. Yeah, it was. Okay. Let's get on to some rage, buddy. Last time on Rage or Dare, Bryce had to pull from my heavily weighted bag of rage when he pulled what he thought was a joke. When he pulled... Joe Dirt 2. I mean, how could David Spade make a follow-up to the classic hillbilly film Joe Dirt? No, I mean how? Who paid for this piece of crap? This week, I've had enough from the coveted dare bag and will return to the security of Bryce's horror-filled bag of rage. Let's check in with Bryce and see if David Spade is dirty as everyone but Bryce thinks he is. Um, Joe Dirt 2. Yes. It wasn't that bad. Oh, fuck, dude. What are you liking these days? Okay. So we got a scene where Leonard Skinner, known as the Wildcats at the mm -hmm. time, are deciding on a new name. That was kind of funny. Some of their thoughts included, you know, the Backstreet Boys, the new kids on the block. This is weird because we already talked about them. We did. And Kajagoogoo, which they nixed all of those. Yeah. Um, that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to know that this was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. This could rival. Oh, it this could. This could literally rival Nine Lives. It was a comedy. It had some funny stuff in it. It we, didn't have anything. We got funny. and once again we get a Chris Walken cameo, oh, reprising his role from the first Joe Dirt. Walken <laughs> did what Walken does. He made me laugh more than a few times. 
Oh my he, god. He came in and he he made this this not so good movie, I'll admit it. Just that much better though. Maybe maybe good enough to get it up to the, you know, the the one the one the one level above. You mean you thought it was Mondo again cuz no, no, Christopher no, Walken's in a fucking movie? I'm not going to waste your time, but if you're okay with David Spade's swarmy attitude, you'll find some laughs in this movie. If you hate David Spade, then don't watch it. I didn't mind David Spade until I saw Joe Dirt 2. Joe Dirt 2 was not that great, but it wasn't that bad. Uh, I think Joe Dirt 2 was better than the first one. That's not possible. It was meh. Oh, my God, dude. I cannot believe the things you're kidding. Oh, I can't believe all the movies I get to watch that aren't that bad. Out of the, uh, out of the bags your taste of rage. in comedies is this even is worse be, than your. This is supposed to be rage or dare, not you know. Uh, meh, well, meh this city. This made me rage. So how could how it was, could uh, it, it was, was so terrible, terrible. Well, I don't know what kind of run I'm on here, but man, I I feel like I'm going meh meh meh. I even had a mondo in there with Dick Tracy. Well, the next set of bag that I create for you is going to be. Rage. Oh, you better bring it because right now, I, so I far, understand. so far, the Fast and the Furious has, I think, nine movies. I'm, I'm and all nine of them will be in the bag. Okay, well, that's just <laughs> not right. <laughs> Having said that, I guarantee you, if you decide to pick from my bag today, oh, it'll be the. I have the to pick from your bag rage today. Will be on. I, I have to pick from it. So where's your ugly, stinky bag? My bag. There you go. Is that it? There's not that many left in there, but they're all I it, gold. I hope one of them is the Fast and the Furious. It is not. But is it's probably them, even better. Is one of them a musical? Oh, probably. Uh-oh. What do we got, Jim? Oh, it's kind of a musical. Is and it? I actually like this movie, so it won't be terrible for me. Oh, whatever. It's Wild Wild West with my favorite guy, <laughs> Will Smith. You didn't and like I think this Kevin movie. Klein is in this. Kevin Who Klein I also is love in this. Kenneth, Ke- this. Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh. <gasps> Kenneth Branagh is always so good. He's like a he's like a thespian. He is a thespian. He's, he's a major thespian. I cannot wait to see this. Good. I think you'll really enjoy it. <laughs> it's not really musical, but I like the song. No, you don't. Wicka wicka wild wild west. <laughs> The book of Wild Wild West. I like it when when Eric Cartman sings it, but other than that, <laughs> I have no use for it. Oh, I can't wait. I love Will Smith and his whatever this was, the eighties, nineties. I think it was it might have been the early two thousands. Is there a date on that? Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. There you go. Just like Prince. Tonight we're gonna party like, like it's nineteen ninety nine. All right. All right. Now we need a word from our sponsor. If Bryce can figure out how to oh, I got control it all. the controls. I got it all figured out. Hey, Bryce, what are you doing tonight? I'm Canyon going to Meadows Cinemas, Cinema, your one stop entertainment and movie. Apparently, Bryce doesn't know what <laughs> I am, he's doing. I was playing both commercials at, at the, the same, same time. time. <laughs> All right, so I Why don't you spo- choose one? I'm supposed to choose one? Just one. Okay, which one should I choose? I could go with... Fucking pick one of them now. This one. Hey, Bryce, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to my favorite cinema, CMC, to see the best second-run movies at the best price. What? How inexpensive are they? Regular price is five bucks, 
Five bucks. Regular price, five bucks, five bucks. Makes me hope they also serve pizza. They do, plus a lot of other great food choices. Plus, I'm planning my office Christmas party there. They can host a plethora of options for any get-together. Gaming, movie, drag show. Drag show? Now I know where I'm planning my next party. Other than my own house, Canyon Meadow Cinemas is the safest place, as they follow all the Health Canada's requirements to ensure a safe and healthy physical distancing experience. Well, maybe I should tag along to make sure there's an old guy Liam Neeson movie playing. Or even better, some independent documentaries. Sure. Call CMC at 403-670-5444 to book a safe and socially distanced seating event or go online at canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. All right. Well, thanks again to all our raging listeners. Thanks to Extended Film Rage crew of Leonard Conlon for his artistic vision and photography via Leonard Conlon Photography. To our man, Merman, who is on COVID relief, relief for uh, the indefinite future while we're in lockdown again. Listen to us on all the podcast streaming sites. Find us at Film Rage YYC on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. On our website, FilmRageYYC.com. We are always wanting your feedback to make this a raging blast for all listeners. So please go on social media, Apple Podcast, our website, or Podchaser and give us feedback. Or give us more dares of films you want us to see. Especially ones that will make us motherfucking rage. No matter what you do, please make us rage. Please! Please! That's it for this week. Rage on! Rage on! <laughs>